going beyond the headlines, getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. On this edition of the Calgary Today podcast, City Council has made a decision on your property taxes for the coming year. The province's fiscal update has been released and we spread some cheer and positivity. Betty Jo Kaiser joins us one week before Pledge Day and Ryan Gill explains why no one's crying for you, Calgary. Nothing really grabs your attention more than someone saying, hey, Calgary, no one's crying for you. Ryan Gill did exactly that with a tweet and also a post on LinkedIn where he says Prime Minister Justin Trudeau called it a crisis last week but didn't have a plan for us. Now's the time to act. Now's the time to invest. Dropping, He said he was dropping content all week dedicated to the future of business in Calgary. And it's about moving ahead and pulling up our bootstraps. Ryan Gill joining us now on the program to talk more about that. Ryan, thanks for the time this afternoon. Well, it's my pleasure. The very first time I saw anything of yours was the video, No One's Crying for Calgary. And it was really (laughs) short, sweet to the point, but I think that was the whole point of it, was to maybe put an exclamation point on something. What were you trying to get across when you made that video or when you you started to kind of open up that discussion? I think there was an expletive in there, so we'll leave that out for radio. Um, no one's crying for Calgary. It was a, it was an off-the-cuff comment with a collab I was doing with a, a gentleman named Devo who has a clothing company here in Calgary and that, uh, called Cab City, and I loved that he's pressing on. And it was just a... Um, it was a manifestation of what I think Calgary, when I was speaking to him about no one's crying for Calgary, a manifestation of what this city was built on was a meritocracy of it was built on big ideas and taking risks and uh the people that built this city that we love and we live in uh joe um it, it doesn't feel that way right now it feels like we're all looking for someone to care about us and what was us and uh not everyone it's a blanket statement of course not but mm-hmm. it feels like everywhere i go it's like well it's calgary and it's like enough is enough no one's crying for us no one's sitting around in new york city right now or in toronto thinking about Calgary, we got to think about ourselves. One of the things that I've always said is Calgary's got a bit of a chip on its shoulder, but it's a good chip. Yeah. It's one that's always said, you know what, it doesn't matter what government is in power, it doesn't matter who's the mayor, it doesn't matter anything, let's just get the job done and get it done well. And is how do you change that dialogue when it does kind of feel a little bit out there like we're spinning our tires? Yeah, it, it totally is. And it's and to the point of government and things like that. Government's usually never make things happen i'm not against government obviously but they manage what's happening Mm -hmm. and so we got to make it happen and and that's why i believe in calgary that that video kind of went a bit a little bit viral and got lots of messages hundreds of messages and uh i was getting some people were like it's it's negative and it's the opposite it's it's no one's crying for us i believe the city that was built by people had the same attitude uh, that we should have is let's take it, uh, you know, let's take this thing by the cojones and, uh, and move it forward. We can't look backwards and, and play defense, like defend what we have. We've got to go forwards. 
there's something to be said as well. One of the videos you're talking about, uh, kind of looking towards the future where there may not be oil or there may not be the energy that we've, we've rallied behind for so long. How do we capture that? How do we, as, as a city kind of rally behind everything all at once, not just one industry? Yeah, I think, I think it's just something we should consider, right? I actually don't hope that is true because I have lots of friends in oil and gas mm-hmm. and it's obviously a massive business. And it, it's uh, led our city for many years. So I don't hope it goes away, but I think it is. And I think those days are over. And if it isn't, we still should be asking those questions about what if it did. As a matter of fact, in my businesses that I run, I always ask myself a question at least once or tw- once or twice a month. You know, if, if, if everything was to go away today and I had, you know, um, I had to reinvent what would I do? How would I do it? You know, you've got to be putting yourself out of business day by day. Mm-hmm. Look what happened to Blockbuster with Netflix. Look, you know, there's the stories or there's many of those types of stories. And I think Calgary in the business and as a business, we've been riding one, you know, horse for a long time and we need to ask those questions. And that's why I started this conversation. I didn't expect it to get so much, uh, attention uh but it was like let's start talking about what's next and uh god bless if it's oil if oil kicks back off and i'm wrong awesome <laughs> uh, oh, absolutely. I, I just don't think i am is there something to be said about and i mentioned this yesterday on the program was there's uh even with the the calgary chamber of commerce launched a campaign a few months ago called it's grow time and it's it was all about not just the energy industry but everything going on and i mentioned the beer industry is one example that has seemed to flourish in the last little while and you're seeing all kinds of vendors and that out there how do we get this the positive stories out there do we need to start you know uh, pounding our chest a little bit more about some of the good things tech wise and that kind of thing that are happening in our city yeah it's, it's guys like you reaching out to guys like me and saying let's start talking about positivity and uh it's not fake it's real and um i love you speak about beer obviously we've had big rock here for many years and the the, the beer culture is growing in calgary and alberta uh, but i think um there was opportunity for them because there was people that had went ahead like ed mcnally years ago and laid the foundation uh, and then guys like PJ and Rob Swiderski at Kraft, you know, built some distribution for them. It was just cool to see it unfold here. We worked with Big Rock, my one of my companies called Cult, our agency. We helped relaunch and, and really help them lean into that Kraft mm-hmm. uh, DNA they have. And it's cool to see what happened there. And, and it was Domino's why I mentioned Kraft is, um, you know, like they took a big bet. And I remember walking through that building, the old Mother Tuckers with Rob Swiderski, when they said they were going to build this. And I was like, are you sure, man, this is huge. <laughs> and they went on to prove me wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. So I just think that big thinking in one little niche industry can spawn other things. Right. And, 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 uh, you know, um, cottage businesses around that one, uh, line of thinking you mentioned tech. Well, I, I believe we should lean in. That is the future. It's not the future. It's now, mm-hmm. uh, we're late to the party. Who cares? Let's let's really um, support those entrepreneurs. Let's really give them platforms. And there's just you're right. There's just so many stories. I, I'm lucky to build uh, a bit of a social volume with tens of thousands of people that tune in. And, and I'm trying to put out positivity and trying to shine a spotlight on those small and medium-sized businesses. They're the lifeblood of any city. And there's something to be said as well about helping each other out in the grand scheme of things is, you know, we're we're right. looking for a handout when realistically I think all we need is a bit of a hand up and it's going to come right. courtesy of ourselves. 
that's such a such a good quote. <laughs> I, 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 uh, I didn't mean to, but that just kind of uh, came it, out. It's, it's super cheesy, but also true. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> no, but it's it, it's true, and I think um, I, I think of myself as young, but I've been in the city doing business and building companies here for almost twenty years, and I'm like, man. When I was 20, I was always like, someone could be a chance. And now I'm looking in the mirror and saying, Ryan, now you got to do that for other people. And that's mainly the main reason why I started my social channels and started putting out content every day was not to build myself up, but was to, if I can build something that can give guys like uh, me when I was 20 in this city. And I moved here because it was a meritocracy and because this city was built on, hey, we're we're not just going to let anyone do anything, but if you're a good person and you you know the handshake deals that happen in the city, and then you deliver on it, we'll give you that platform. And I think um, I want to see more of that. It's just, at the same time, Joe, it's, it is sad that people are losing their jobs, and mm. it's been it's been rough. But uh, to use another cheesy quote, "What doesn't kill you makes you stronger," and and uh, this city has the DNA of of entrepreneurship, and it's not going just because the industry goes away. Uh, doesn't mean we're going to die off. And just because we didn't get the Olympics and all those things, like I was disappointed like everybody else, but whatever, let's move on. Some great stuff that you're pumping out there. Keep on the good work. Uh, Ryan, thanks so much for the time today. Yeah, I follow uh, Ryan Gilshares on all platforms. You can, uh, you can follow along the journey. Council has decided on how much more you're going to be paying in your property taxes. And to dive more into what has happened over the last week, we welcome back to the program uh, 770 CHQR reporter Aurelio Perry. Aurelio, thanks so much for joining us again today. Hey there, Joe. Council's decided 3.45%. How did they arrive at that number? That's basically, it was the same number that they started the week with. Uh, made a small change in uh, reducing, uh, adding back $1.7 million to the fire department budget, but then they took a bit out of the library budget. Um, there, was a motion, there was a motion today from uh, the mayor to reduce, uh, sal- not reduce salary and wages, but in that portfolio, maybe if there's a vacancy, they don't fill it right away. So they figure they can save about 1% there. So that would reduce the the property tax rate to 2.45. But what they've done, the savings from that, they've added on to that contentious non-residential property tax. Right. So people will still have the 3.45, but that $8 million will help reduce the amount that small businesses will have to pay because of the tax shift. Mm -hmm. And if they add another $40 million from the rainy day fund again, that will cap the increases for those guys at 10%. Uh, there was uh, some talk of 25% without any action, 25, 30% without action. However, there's still going to be more work done in the early next year to try to reduce that 10% for those people uh, even lower. So they're still wrapping up with the technicalities of the budget, but it's basically been approved. Uh, Jeremy Farkas tried to get a 5% of cut across the board and then was roundly criticized. Even the other fiscal hawks around the table didn't support him. Uh, some were saying that, you know, um, you didn't you didn't say anything all week in trying to cut other line item budgets, uh, you know, light items, and you just came back with a cut at the, you know, at the very end. So that went down to a 13 to 1 defeat. So it was uh, 3.45% for this year, but this is a four-year budget cycle that we're talking about here. So what does the future have in store for us right now? Uh, The future, again, for the next four years is around that 3% area. This, of course, the 
property tax hike doesn't get finalized until, you know, the province does their budget in the spring. So there could be a change to that three, four, five again, right? And that's one of the things they talked about today. If there's any provincial tax room savings to give it again to the non-residential. Uh, so that could be happening in the spring. Again, they, they're careful to say it's not a budget for the next three years that they've approved its business plans right. because they do adjustments every year. So next November, they're going to do the same thing again. It won't be as lengthy because all they're doing is one year next year versus the uh, four years they did this time. So what is the appetite around the table now in terms of trying to find a little bit more cash? And, and as you mentioned, Jeremy Fark is stepping up and saying 5% across the board. But was there much in the way of, of looking deep into it? Or was it? did they feel that administration did its due diligence? Well, they say administration in the last few years has saved like $500 million. And in this next four years, they're going to be saving another $100 million. So they say uh, they've, uh, you know, found $600 million in savings in the past few years. And that's what the mayor said earlier, saying, you know, there's people that want to take a sword to this thing, but it was tough to them for them to find things to cut that, you know, wouldn't impact the day-to-day services for Calgarians, that type of thing. And those that wanted to add budget, add to the budget, you know, they couldn't find places really to add that, you know, some would say would be going too far to add more to it. Right. Uh, Global News reporter, 770 CHQRs. Uh, great, Aurelio Perry. Thank you so much for all the work you've done this week. It's, uh, I know it's tough covering city, uh, city budget deliberations, but you've done a phenomenal job as always. Thank you very much, Joe. So there you go. 3.45% is the percentage for this year, just past uh, about 10 minutes ago, well, actually closer to 15 minutes ago now. And as Rolio said, it's pretty much in line with what administration was proposing initially. Now, there was some talk about taking some money away from the brand new library, but they ended up introducing some of the money back into it. The fire department had some changes and then that was brought back. So, uh, See for yourself, I guess. If if you think that they've done their due diligence, cool. If you don't think so, then uh, it's hingent on you to voice your displeasure with your city councillor and also with the mayor. Some fascinating stuff happening as we got out of the Olympic debate and saying we got to spend money somewhere. And guess what? Kids were spending money. That's for sure. It's Calgary Today on 770 CHQR. I'm changing gears now, and those low oil prices are still obviously casting a pretty long shadow on the Alberta government's fiscal picture. Now, second quarter update released today predicts a further slight drop in the projected deficit to $7.5 billion when the fiscal year ends March 31st. But with that differential, what is the potential impact down the line? Joining us on the program now from the University of Calgary, Trevor, Tur- uh, Trevor Toom. Trevor, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. My pleasure. Great to be here. The finance minister says right now the differential isn't affecting the budget. And in your estimation, how long will it be before we start to see some of this trickling down? Well, we are already seeing the effect of the higher differential on lower prices received by producers here, and that's already having an effect 
on the budget. Now, what the finance minister means when he says that it's not affecting the budget numbers that he released today, that's correct because we had many months in a row earlier on this fiscal year where prices were higher than we expected. So roughly speaking, the average price that we're going to be looking at for this whole kind of budget 18 cycle comes in pretty close to where they were originally anticipating. Hmm. So the high differential today isn't showing up in that headline deficit number getting any bigger for this current fiscal year. The big challenge is really going to bite next year. So budget 2019, which is only now a couple of months away. Right. What is the potential implication on the bottom line with that high differential? It, it can be quite big. So if each dollar off the price of oil received uh, by Alberta producers here, so you can think of it as each dollar increase in the differential, will increase the deficit by a little over $200 million per year. So if we're looking at a differential that's roughly $20, $25 a barrel higher than average, then that can add up potentially to a couple of billion dollars in, in terms of the deficit. Is this all in royalties or is this in other costs or how does that break down? Great question. So a lot of it is in royalties. Absolutely. The royalties that you pay are a function of what your revenue is as a firm. But there's also corporate income taxes that apply to oil and gas companies. And when the differential is high and their revenue is low, that makes their profits low and therefore corporate income tax payments to the government fall because those are only paid on profits. And what we saw in the update today is that the government's expectation for corporate profits is that they're going to be growing about half as much as they originally thought, or sorry, what they thought previously in their last update, Q1. So still some profit growth, but a lot less than was previously anticipated. Would a change in government, and I know that's a possibility come the spring, fix this whole debacle? Or or do you you know, is there a, a political implication, I guess, to all that's being talked about with this fiscal update? Yeah, I mean, I think the budget, uh, the fiscal, the current financial situation, the overall fiscal future for the province, certainly the pipeline, these are all big issues that will be top of mind for many in the coming campaign. I don't know if what we saw today is really going to change the picture. I think budget 2019 that the government puts out, presumably before they call an election early next year, that's really going to set the stage for a lot of the conversations that we have. Ultimately, the solution to the differential is is going to be with increased pipeline capacity, Mm -hmm. increased low-cost transportation modes to get our oil out to market. There's not a lot that that can be done. There's certainly no magic wand available that government can just solve this issue today. And so um, we're going to just need to ensure that uh, those pipelines are built. But in the meantime, there's definitely some tough choices that will need to be made about the budget, not just because the deficit is high today, but because over time, these challenges are going to grow even larger as healthcare costs increase, as our population ages, and so on. We've talked about that aspect before as well. And I'm wondering, as you mentioned right off the hop, is we are heading into budget time. I mean, we're about three months away-ish, probably before we actually see budget 2019. 
if you were a fly on the wall with the ability to tell the finance minister in the cabinet, here's what we should be factoring in when it comes to the differential, what what kind of advice would you give to them? I think actually what we've been seeing the last uh, few budgets, certainly the last couple of updates, is that the government's price forecasts are, are very much in line with what we see the market forecasts. So oil is, is an interesting commodity because you have traders that are making bets and signing contracts on the future delivery of oil and agreeing on a price today. So we have a pretty good sense of what the market at least thinks future prices will be. And as long as they set their budget close to that, and they did in today's update, then um, then, then that's the prudent approach, I think, to take. But in terms of tackling the deficit, the big tough decisions for budget 2019, because there's not going to be any easy solution on the revenue side, they may need to take a, a look at what their current spending plans are, because with the differential this large, their goal of balancing by 2023 is no longer credible given current policy. So they'll need to make some, some difficult decisions. Trevor, uh, some great insight as always. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for the time today. My pleasure. Anytime. Time flies by when you're having fun or when you're running around like a chicken with your head cut off. And that is sort of what Betty Joe Kaiser has been doing over the last little while. I know you were on with Gordon and Sue this morning. And I was. you're still here. I am. the pavement <laughs> because we are one week away from the greatest day in radio in Calgary. Period. End of discussion. I said it. You can, you can fight me all you want on it, but it is the greatest thing. That's right. It's the absolute truth. And... In, think about this. In one week, we'll be just two hours away from the end of another Pledge Day. It's, it's hard crazy. to believe, hey? Crazy. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, Pledge Day is the one day a year where we park our opinions and the politics of the day. <laughs> don't worry, we still keep you informed <laughs> at the top of the hour. But yep. we put all the yatter yatter aside and we focus on small children's charities and children's programs that reach lots of kiddos in our city and we work really hard to raise money from our listeners and our advertisers we highlight those charities and we we do it just to help make life a little bit better for these guys and i know we could list off all the charities and we can give you all the background on it but what i wanted to bring you in for on in this particular occasion is to give more of the personal side of it and not necessarily your own although i wouldn't mind getting that by the end of this interview <laughs> what i wouldn't mind talking about though is how it, what does it mean to you to be able to go into a charity's office and say, here's how we're going to help you today? It's pretty awesome. I got to tell you, it's pretty awesome because most of who we give to are pretty small little organizations. They don't have a lot of money to do big fancy fundraising or communications. And so we are able to uh, offer them some cash that will go right to the front line that changes the lives of kids, sometimes in a really small, meaningful way and sometimes in a really substantial way. And again, we could go on and talk about them individually, but if you tune in next Friday, every hour you're going to hear from two and you're going to hear the wide range, the wide variety, how we're really trying to grab those kids falling through the cracks. One of the things that I've always taken away from this day is being able to chat with the recipients or the, the families, the kids, right? Because as soon as you mention, hey, what did this do for you? their eyes light up. Yes. And that's, to me, is what means the world in the grand scheme of things, is making that impact so that they are able to pay it back, I think, down the road. Oh, totally. And that's what's so special about what we do. A lot of these charities, their stories are very hard to tell. 
because we're a radio station and we have tons of support from global television again this year. So we can also tell some of those stories on TV. Um, we're really having an impact. And I have to tell you, Joe, um, I once heard somebody say, you know, we're all just really a paycheck, a day, a, a family crisis away from needing some of these supports mm-hmm. in our city. And I have three beautiful, healthy kids, very blessed. And, you know, and there's other board members. We say, oh, we're so blessed. We're so blessed. You know, there's these kiddos with special diagnosis. There's these kiddos that come from families where mom and dad are just scraping by. They're barely above the poverty line, kids at risk, addicted, Mm -hmm. kids that are needing that connect line um, at the distress center. There's, but we're only this close away. And I experienced that this summer. Mm -hmm. I needed to make a call to one of those charities because of something that happened in my family. And I'm going to tell you, it came, became so real so fast. You'll hear all about it on Pledge Day. I will elaborate. I have I have promised to elaborate on my story on Pledge Day because it's that important to me. You know, a lot of people are looking for money at this time of year. A lot of people are hurting and they could use a hand up. I have to tell you, the money that you give to the Calgary Children's Foundation is being put to excellent use. And 90% of that dollar is going right to the front lines because global radio is taking care of almost all of the overhead. Fantastic. Again, it's going to be one of those days that uh, it's my favorite day of the radio year and I get to be a part of it in a b- bigger way, which is I'm just You'll be so excited. I so know. Excited. There's going to be great entertainment. We have great yeah. auction items, so you have to tune in. It's going to be fantastic. Betty Jo Kaiser, get back to work. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Take a break at no some problem. point for yourself. Promise me that. <laughs> I will. Because you, you've been running around, and she's the hardest working person in show business. Bar none, Betty Jo Kaiser. Thanks so much for the time. Thank you, Joe. This is Calgary Today on 770 CHQR. Just want to take a moment to thank you for taking the time to download and listen to the Calgary Today podcast. Don't forget to subscribe through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. We'll chat with you soon.